What is up, everybody? You are listening to Curious with Jake Heilbrunn, and I am your host. This show is all about sitting down with people I find curious and having real, raw conversations to understand what goes on in their mind. How do these people think? What struggles are they facing and how do they overcome obstacles? And most importantly, we're going to keep it real. My favorite conversations are the ones where we talk about the shadow as well as the light. I want to know about these people's fears and insecurities and doubts just as much as I want to hear about their successes and wins, because this is what I believe empowers us to recognize that we're all humans doing the best we can and that understanding these things allows us to feel acceptance about where we are right now and we can have some tools and takeaways from these people to improve our lives. Today's guest is Mike Sherbakov. Mike is a serial entrepreneur, philanthropist, host of the Do Great Things podcast, and founder of The Greatness Collective, which is a community of people that are passionate about making a difference and creating a better world. After serving five years in the Marines, earning degrees in kinesiology and psychology, and traveling to 52 countries, Mike realized that while he had checked all the boxes of success, something was missing. After a life-changing experience building a house for a family in Mexico, the spark for The Greatness Collective was born. At the intersection of community, impact, and purpose, the Greatness Collective is now a community of over 50,000 people strong who are committed to doing great things and making a difference in the world. In this episode, we talk about how to actually start something, whether a business, a nonprofit, or a movement, and the reality of what it takes to get it off the ground. We dive into simplifying your life and how to say no to things and people respectfully in order to achieve what you are called to accomplish. We discuss how to listen to your inner guidance system, making the most of your current situation, and the importance of choosing something meaningful to suffer towards. And last but not least, we talk about gratitude and how to bring more of it into your life. So please, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode with Mike Sherbakov. Thanks for being here, first of all. Yeah, brother. Thanks for having me on. So the first thing I wanted to ask you is I remember seeing this on your Instagram like a while ago. It's this picture of you in the Marines and your eyes are like swollen shut. Um, and it seemed like, I don't remember the specific caption, but it seemed like one of the most intense days of your life. And I'd love to hear what that day was like. Yeah, <laughs> that, was a, that was a pretty intense day. So I joined the Marines initially and was one job, which was a communications technician, because I scored pretty high on their entrance exam called the ASVAP. And a couple of years, no, about a year and a half in, I realized I, I wanted to challenge myself a little bit more. And so I picked up what's called a secondary, uh, a B billet. Mm-hmm. And the, the additional job that I picked up was a martial arts instructor. And so I went through all of his training. I was training for eight hours a day. Uh, my boss was a professional uh, mixed martial art fighter. So so him and I are just training, gym, nonstop, nonstop. So you're nonstop. eight hours a day like in the gym? In the gym, training and getting paid to train, which was awesome. I just really lucked out. That's pretty comes. sweet. So I go through all of this training with him. I'm going and doing all this outside training. And then finally I get to Camp Pendleton, my duty station, and uh, I get accepted to go to martial art instructor school. Mm-hmm. And it, first of all, it's tough to even get into the school to get accepted into the school because you have to be nominated by your unit. You have to have all these things happen. And then the, the 
a completion rate. I don't remember exactly, but it was something along the lines of we had maybe 80 or so that were going through the program and about 10 of us finished the program. Wow. And that's where that, that day comes in because th this thing is, <laughs> it's just intense. I mean, you are being pushed to the point where you're broken, not where you're almost broken, not where you think you're going to break, but like till you're actually breaking, until you're just on your knees and you feel like you can't go any further. And the picture that you're referring to was when we're getting sprayed uh, with OC. So this is military grade pepper spray, not just, cut, not just your standard, you know, go to the store, pick up some pepper spray. That stuff sucks too. But with this, you do it for a few reasons. One of them is uh, when you train military police, they have that on them. So you have to know what it's like. If someone, you know, takes your pepper spray and sprays you, you have to be okay dealing with it. The, the other reason you do it, which is, uh, why you do a lot of things in the military is just because it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you have to be okay with things that suck. Mm. Um, it's the reason I do cold showers every morning still. Like I just love, you know, you kind of get in that mindset. So the <clears throat> way that it works is you stand in front of the instructor. They tell you one, two, three, turn around. And as soon as you turn around, they spray it right above your eyes, right above your face. And all of a sudden it starts dripping. And there's nothing, because like, I feel like your natural body instinct is to close your eyes, but it doesn't even matter. This is where it just sucks. So the thing is oil-based. It's a, it's an inflammatory response that happens. So instantly your eyes swell shut and you can't see a thing. So if you try to open your eyes, you can't. You just So what you have to do is uh, uh, it's called strobing and you just kind of – you blink your eyes open, up and, open and close as fast as you can. You blink your eyes like this. And then all of a sudden you start breathing it in and again, it's an inflammatory. And so – everything starts constricting. So you, your, your mucus starts coming out of your nose. You just, your tears are coming out of your eyes. You can't see. And all of a sudden you can't breathe. So you're going, and you're taking these tiny little breaths and that's the beginning. So then you have to go through an entire course where you have people attacking you. You have to fight them off and you go through, I think five or six different stations. You're fighting people off. At one point it's five on one. And then you have to take someone to the ground and disarm them, take their weapon and point it back on them all while this burning sensation is happening the way I describe it. And it is actually the worst pain I've ever experienced to this day. I, I've broken bones. I've you know had a, a lot of physical injuries in my life. This feels like taking gasoline, pouring it on your face, and then lighting that on fire. Jeez. And you go through the whole course. I'll just say one last <laughs> thing because it's bringing back these really fun memories. You go through that course, it, everyone's screaming and crying and some people just won't even go through it. That We actually had you know a bunch of people drop out that day because they get sprayed and they're freaking out so bad they can't even go through the course, right? They don't even yeah. get to the first station. So that part sucks. A couple hours later, the burning's gone down, the swelling's gone down, you can start to breathe normal again. And then that night, you're taking a shower and because it's oil-based, you still have some of that oh. pepper spray on your face. And so imagine in a shower dripping down, that was maybe Ooh, just okay. as painful as the first experience. So uh, yeah, did it, never want to do it again. Yeah. And that was a full day? A full day. Yeah. I mean, you you can't do anything else. I mean, yeah. you're not thinking about anything else that whole day. And so 10 people out of 80, that's like a very low amount of people who convert. So what did you, were you guys prepared like going into this? Like this is going to be the thing that breaks most of you. Yeah. So I was having a conversation about this with a friend the other day. Like 
to be in the military, I do think it, it takes a certain type of person. You have mm-hmm. to be like a little crazy. Yeah. I mean, we're all kind of crazy or weird <laughs> yeah. in our own way, but you have to be a little crazy. Then to be a Marine, probably have to be kind of a little more. And then to do the training that we did and the, the things that we put ourselves through, you just have to, you know, I don't know if at this point in my life, it's something I would want to do. I'm 34 years old now, but you know, at 19 years old, all the ego in the world and just wanting to challenge and push myself as far as I possibly could. Yeah. Like all of us that were in that program wanted to push ourselves the furthest we could possibly go. Right. Like we, we enjoyed, it's kind of this weird relationship to challenge or pain that we just started to move into because it's kind of where we felt most alive, you know, like it, it, the adrenaline got us going. And, you know, at that point in my life, we were at almost at the peak of the war in Iraq, right? Oh, I wow. joined, I joined, we went into Fallujah, Iraq, as far as the military goes in April, 2003, I joined in June, 2003. Wow. So right at the peak of the war and all of us, myself included, my buddies, we all just wanted to go to war. We were mm-hmm. like, we want to go fight for our country. That's what we want to do. Again, very different mindset currently in my life. But at that point in my life, all I wanted to do was kind of prove myself do the hardest thing I possibly could challenge myself in any way that I could. And this was just one of those experiences of like, let's see how badass we can be. Yeah. And cause I'd love to know what your mindset, like when you're in that point where like you so badly just want to break and be like, I'm out. Like what, what was like that feeling or like that thought that you had that like got you through it? It's, I would say it's the relationship to that feeling. So the feelings going to come up either way. Like this sucks. This hurts. It's bad. I don't want to be here. Like all of those things come up. And then my relationship with that particular feeling or emotion just changed. I, I almost started to chase it more. I wanted, and I have this to a certain extent, like I don't intentionally put myself in physical pain, but like I said, with cold showers, that's mm-hmm. a small version of uh, a relationship with something challenging. I don't do cold showers because they feel good. I do them because it sucks. Yeah. And I think if, if for me, I've changed the relationship with things that suck because whether it's business or life or anything, um, I, I love embracing challenges. In fact, I think it's the one quality that really makes not just successful entrepreneurs, but successful people is a resiliency is it's an ability to face challenges and still get through them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, name one successful person in any domain that hasn't experienced tremendous challenges and found a way to overcome them. Mm-hmm. The person that, you know, comes across that first obstacle, that first challenge and just drops off and says, I quit. I don't think they've ever accomplished anything great in their lives. I've, I, to, to this date, have never met someone great that's doing something great in the world that has not uh, formed a, a healthy relationship with the challenges they encounter. Yeah. And I feel like even in today's world where things are getting progressively easier and more comfortable, it's this kind of paradox of these, I could speak for myself, but the more I put myself in those uncomfortable positions, and I'm also super into the cold shower stuff. It's like that. I think the relationship you're saying to that feeling, it actually brings happiness in this non-linear way where it's like you wouldn't think but there's something about being pushed um that does bring about happiness absolutely you know it's it is a paradox because we have done so much as a culture as a society as a country as globally 
to alleviate suffering. And look, I'm all for reducing unnecessary suffering. I mean, that's one of the reasons I, I run the organization mm-hmm. I run is I, I, I and am so passionate about philanthropy. I want people to have their basic needs met all over the world. But when we're talking about suffering that leads to growth, adversity that leads to character building, we need more of that. And you're absolutely right. We've kind of moved away from it. Mm-hmm. We've put ourselves in these bubbles and things are just so easy nowadays like just in general they're easy and so when we finally come against a challenge it knocks people down completely and they're down for months or years or who knows how long or they just quit entirely the moment something becomes challenging and i you know even in our generation i talked to you know my parents who immigrated from russia and then you talk to their parents i was just home a couple weeks ago and the kinds of stories that you know parents and grandparents and great grandparents have and the kinds of things they went through yeah you're like whoa you know even myself i try to put myself in those shoes would i have been able to do that i mean they experienced tremendous adversity so it, the paradox is we're creating lives for ourselves that are easier and easier but at the same time because it's so easy we're not uh i would say we're very fragile yeah. you know I, I believe it's ryan holiday who talks about being anti-fragile like be, you know, you want to develop a certain character where you're not broken by the first challenging thing that comes across and so that you come across. So I, I just, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a, it's a tricky situation. Yeah. And I think, and I love that because from the anti-fragile part too, like I've realized, and that's one of the beautiful things about entrepreneurship and business is it's, it's kind of like this always there's always a challenge, but I know you're really into fitness and that's a physical challenge. I've noticed, and I heard Joe Rogan talk about the same concept of if you aren't exercising that um, part of you, that's like pushing past that limit or like going against resistance, then it's almost like you, you need to take that energy out. And so that's where you could be creating like a fight with a friend where there's no need for a fight, but because you haven't gotten that like energy out, you're just kind of like looking for some way to get it out. Yeah, I I've heard I've heard and I'm going to paraphrase but you know man finds meaning in conflict. I've heard that before. Mm. Where if we didn't have and by conflict that's a very general statement but um we find meaning, we find ourselves through challenge. And so, you know, I haven't heard that before that if you don't have a certain challenge in your life that you're going to create it with a partner or a friend or something like that. I could see that being true. Um, but yeah, I think that's what life is about is figuring out what it is we're curious about, what it is we're interested in, what kind of problems that we want to solve, including our own internal stuff. What are we, what kinds of things do we want to work through? How do we want to become better, right? Whether it's the gym, you know, I, I feel like I can be healthier. Well, how do you, how are you going to push yourself to put on that 10 pounds or lose that 10 pounds? Or it's your mindset. Well, you know, I want to learn physics. How are you going to push your mind to learn physics? Or, you know, I, I think we find tremendous meaning in, um, our individual and collective challenges and just by figuring out what that thing is and addressing it in some way. Mm -hmm. And I think you're someone who's really good at like setting a goal like that. If you want to put on 10 pounds or whatever it is, you're really good at like figuring it out and then going to do it. Do you think that's something you gained as a result of spending five years in the Marines of like how to structure that? Yeah, I think even a step before that, 
before I set the goal, I always feel into why am I thinking about this goal? Why is this something that's important to me? I don't like to set arbitrary goals. I don't like to set goals just because someone else told me to. I mean, I would say my early 20s was a lot of that. It was, well, I think that these are goals my parents would want. This would make them proud. Or I, these are goals other Marines that I'm working with would want. Like I said, with, you know, with the war thing and then this and the, a lot of things that I did in the Marines, I was doing not just to challenge myself, but to kind of impress the other Marines around me mm-hmm. because those were their goals. And all of a sudden I, I made their goals, my goals. But at this point in my life now, yeah, I, I really feel into, is this something that's truly my goal? And then if it is, if it's something that is meaningful to me, absolutely. I like to reverse engineer things. I, I like to think of the end first and go, okay, what's the outcome that I want? Let's just say it's something like 10 pounds that of muscle I want to put on. Okay. When do I want to do that in? Let's say I want to do it in 90 days. Okay. How do I do it in 90 days? And I'll just kind of reverse engineer, work my way back to what is the daily habit mm-hmm. that it takes to get to that 90 day goal. And I think it's, it, it becomes so easy. What I've seen most people challenged with is they get so lost in the big vision. Oh, it's 10 pounds or it's a 50 pounds or a hundred pounds, whatever it is. And it's so big, it becomes abstract and it's not actionable. You know, it's the whole compound effect, Darren Hardy, little things add up. It's the one thing that Gary Keller talks about in his book. It's, it's whatever you're committed to on a daily basis. That's going to move you closer to that larger goal. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know for me, if I, if I set a big goal and I don't know what the tangible next step is, it just, it just stays. Yeah. It's it. And again, I, I don't want to ruin any of the, you know, quotes or studies or anything. So I'm kind of paraphrasing, but there was uh, a study done about people that, that set goals arbitrarily and said, you know, okay, in uh, 90 days, I'm going to have this done. And then there was the second, that was the control group. The second one was the one that actually wrote down, um, by this date and this time, I'm going to have this done and I'm going to do these things on a daily basis, just like we talked about in order to accomplish that something like 90% of them that actually wrote down the things that they were going to do and when very specifically to accomplish that goal, got it done. While the people that just arbitrarily, you know, it's like new year's resolutions. Yeah. Everyone, you know, we stop actually as adults writing resolutions because we've fallen through with our commitments so many times we go, well, this, this resolution thing doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work because you didn't work it. It's Mm -hmm. because you wrote down a bunch of ideas by the end of the year, I'm going to do this. But did you actually, you know, take into account what a daily, a weekly, a monthly plan to accomplish that goal looks like? Yeah. And thanks for bringing that up. Cause I feel like, like when I think of like Mike Sherbikov, like the first word that comes to mind other than greatness is uh, integrity. And if someone like what is a way where someone can like keep integrity with themselves, or maybe it's external. Like what, what's your process for like sticking to what you say you're going to do and like yeah. honoring your word? Yeah. Thanks brother. That integrity is my number one core value. And I, I a quick backstory on that. The reason it is a such an integral part of my life. And this is like the transparent vulnerable share is because I felt out of integrity for so long hmm. and it's, it was say out of integrity. Yeah. It, it wasn't something that maybe was even super noticeable to other people, but it's certainly something that I knew internally. So again, I'm 34 now. I, you know, a lot of my twenties was not being true to who I was. It mm-hmm. wasn't 
and even if it was in conversations with people, little things like maybe exaggerating one thing or saying one thing to someone and, and act, you know, saying something different to someone else there, there were gaps in my integrity. And when you, you were, you know, out of integrity, did you like, when you were saying these things to people, did you like know in your gut? Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's the, the, again, the reason I know the reason it's so important to me and I know what it's like to be in integrity now is because I know what it feels like to be out of integrity. Yeah. So here's an example. Uh, and I, I don't remember the details, but it was some, it was in college and I remember, you know, talking with one person and, and saying something to them, talking to another person, it's kind of saying something different to them. And then, you know, seeing them in a room together and feeling that heaviness of, oh my gosh, I hope that they don't connect on this one thing because they're going to realize that I didn't, you know, I wasn't truthful with one of them or mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. Again, nothing, no one really noticed. And it wasn't this gargant, this big, huge thing, but internally, oh man, that heaviness was there. And I remember like that feeling and how heavy it was. And I said, I don't ever want to experience this now. So, I mean, as you know, now fast forward, we have these big communities and we, these events where 120, 200 people come together. We like everything that I do is built around community. And at this point in my life, anyone from any part of my life can be in a room together. And there's such a feeling of lightness. I love it mm -hmm. because I know, you know what it's like. there's integrity with all these people. And I think what you're touching on here is super important and it's, and it's super important because it's not obvious. And what I mean by that is, like something that I've been experiencing in my life is uh, I'm going through a shift of like valuing my worth. And for, for example, I remember this thing that happened like two years ago with a company I was working with and the company was kind of going under and they owed me like a thousand dollars and they didn't pay me and I never spoke up. And now that I'm tracing it back, I'm like at a time like, oh, it's not, it's like not a big deal. Like they're going through all this stuff. But I never honored what like felt right to me in that moment to speak up. And I think what's hard is we're all in our own head. So it's like that nuance of like, when do I say something? When do I not? But at the end of the day, as I've been kind of going through the shift myself, I've realized the number one thing I can do is say the thing that's like on my chest or that gut because uh, it's not my responsibility of how the other person responds. But if I listen to that feeling and then it's almost like a muscle of like oh because i think the disconnect for me and when i've talked about this with people is what's they don't know that feeling because they're like oh this is such a small thing but understanding that small thing actually can turn into this really big thing which then becomes your high level integrity you know? absolutely and yeah and it works both ways where you felt like i need to speak up and say something and, you know, whoever was running that company or organization, I hope that they had that feeling too of knowing, hey, I, I owe this person money and addressing that, mm -hmm. right? And having that conversation. And, and, you know, it's easy to be in integrity and of high character and everything when things are going smoothly. That's, that's the easy part. But again, true character comes to the surface when things become challenging. So, you know, in that moment, of this company's not doing so well, maybe they don't have the funds. Does the CEO 
have the intest- the fortitude to be able to come to you and say, look, I know we owe you a thousand dollars. We're in a really tough position. You know, I'm going to do my best to make it happen. Like, how good would you have felt had that been the case? It wasn't even about the thousand, yeah. but it was about some type of communication and speaking that truth. So, 100%. you know, so I do hope, and maybe this is my super optimistic view of the world. I do believe people are innately good. I do believe we have this kind of, I call it my IGS, my inner guidance system that's kind of steering me in the right way. Like I know, you know, if I'm not being honest with myself or other people, I know uh, like little things. I'll walk down the street and I'll see a piece of trash. I go, ah, like, and I'll walk yeah. by it. I don't know if you've ever done oh, this. Dude, Five so feet past, times. I go, mm, and then I turn around, I go pick it up or like, you know, I threw something in a trash can. I saw it didn't land in the trash can and I could easily just like leave it there. But Mm-hmm. no, I got to pick this thing up. And it's that little, like that little switch. And the more that I've done it, I feel like it just trains me to be in integrity more. Yeah, that's it. Cause I've fully done the trash thing and then it's on my mind and I'm like, Oh, like yeah. I didn't do it. And it's on the mind for the rest of the day. And then it like leaks into everything else. Yeah. And I'm not saying like, you know, it's not about picking up yeah. every single bit of trash, but I, you know, I have to reconcile with myself when I walk by and, you know, maybe there's a bunch of trash and I go, you know, okay, I've made the choice and that's okay too to say, look, I've made the choice. I see the trash and I'm not going to do anything about it, but I'm going to own that responsibility. I'm not telling everyone to go pick up every single piece of trash. Yeah. But when I know that feeling's there, Mike, go pick up that trash. Okay. I'm going to go do that thing. And I feel like we're all called to do very different things mm-hmm. too. So, you know, I think that's where our inner guidance system, mine is different than yours, but we each have one that's kind of directing us in some way of like, do this thing, don't do this thing. Yeah. I love, <laughs> I love the term inner guidance system. Um, because I think what you just said is like really important. Um, because you, what you want is different than what I want. And even if we saw the same situation and my inner guidance system said, Jake, pick up three and you're said, Jake, or you said, Mike, pick up 10, but that was what felt true to me and true to you. That's honoring my word or my commitment to what felt right. In that yeah. Moment. And, and I will say one of the biggest challenges that we have, you know, as certainly as a society is, uh, we, we mistakenly believe that my inner guidance system is the same as yours. And so, I think it is about being informed. I think it's about being aware and then making informed choices from there. But, you know, for instance, someone can watch a documentary on a not eating meat and, and that's their cause. And that's great. And that's what they, you know, choose to live a vegetarian or vegan lifestyle. Wonderful. And they can go out and educate other people. But when they mistakenly assume that everyone else has to be that way because they are, whether it's a vegan lifestyle, whether it's picking up trash, whether it's volunteering with a community in Mexico, or, you know, we all have very different directions we're headed in life. And we never, uh, it's so important to, to give everyone the freedom to pick what their own journey and what their own path is without trying to force yours on them. Like yours is for you. Great. If you're vegan and you pick up trash and you go to Mexico, awesome. That's your thing. Uh, and you'll find other people who are doing that thing too, but it's, that's it's yours to do. It's not for everyone else. Everyone else has a unique path that they're on. Yeah. And I, I think coming from you, that carries extra weight because of everything you're doing with the greatness collective. So first I, I have kind of like, I have one question, but I want you to give context about what the great greatness collective is and how it started. But I guess my question is based on your experiences over the past, you know, five, six years with the greatness collective, what is you like, what would the one thing that you've learned to be like, oh, this is how you ignite change for someone like within the individual to go do something? Yeah. 
I'll answer the second part first, and and because uh, I that's probably the most common question I get. The the simple answer is asking questions. You know, like the first step is asking better questions. And what I mean by asking better questions is instead of asking, you know, what clothes are the Kardashians wearing? Ask yourself, what am I passionate about? Mm-hmm. What am I interested in? What am I curious about? What kinds of things am I naturally drawn to? And here's, let me just share really quickly my high level belief. And, and I found this to be true and maybe other people have as well. And that is we are here uh, and there's something bigger than us. I, I don't know what that is personally, but I, I do believe that it, whether it's God or universe or something that I, I feel like there's something bigger than us. And I, I feel divinely guided on this path. So all of what we're supposed to do in our lives, I like to think that we already have that blueprint. That's what feels true to me. Like we've, we've been installed with this software that's like, Jake, here is what you're meant to do to live a meaningful and fulfilling life. And it's already installed within you. You just have to shut out all the noise yeah. and listen to that thing. And I really believe this. Every single person I've, I've met that I feel is doing something great has listened to that inner guidance system, has listened to that little blueprint and go, oh, yeah, okay, this, this is what I'm here to do. And if they can just kind of get out of their own way of what they feel like they've, whether their parents or someone else or friends should, should all the shoulds, yeah. if you just remove all that and really just sit with yourself for a second, you know, we know what feels good to us and what doesn't. And I'm like, what if we just listen to that more? And I don't mean the short term feel goods. I don't mean, you know, this, there's a cake sitting in front of you and I just want to yeah. eat that cake right in this moment because it, it's more the, the long term. What do you know is best for this bigger picture? And, you know, if you're on a goal to lose weight, then that short term is not going to feel as good as what you truly know the long term is, you know, the, after you eat that cake, that moment after you're like, ah, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. It, you know, it came up for me. It's the same thing with that integrity question. And I feel like when I look at my own life and even people that I'm friends with, it's like we internally know the things we want to say, the things that we want to do, or like even a relationship with someone, you can almost feel the energy. It's like, there's like, you're not saying it, but you feel this. And then it's likely that that person's feeling the same thing. But it's what's the process of like, getting to that point where you can just like say it or acknowledge it like what what have you learned to like be like oh instead of cutting that time for like five years where you're like oh i want to do this for five years where there's that divine guidance in you like or is it asking questions like what's the best way because i think a lot of people listening to this a lot of them are living amazing lives and they're looking for more like purpose and meaning or they want to align their profession with their purpose or whatever that is like what's the way that someone can start getting clear on what they already have within them but there's like these blocks yeah i I think it's as simple as starting with where you are using what you have doing what you can and so with something you you gave a couple different examples with something like a conversation with a friend Mm -hmm. that you feel like you need to have that's a very simple thing to do so you know doing it right now using what you can, what, you know, what you have available and doing what you can in that moment. Great. That you can do that right now. You can call that person. You can ask them to, to sit down and have a conversation. 
Uh, I remember an old mentor of mine said, you know, you're, you're one sweaty palm conversation away from freedom. He I said, there's usually, that. there's oh. usually that one conversation you just need to have and get <sighs> off your chest. Right. And then you're, you're free. So something like that would be pretty easy to do immediately with something like, you know, aligning your purpose with uh, your career that takes a little more planning. And that comes back to the thing, you know, of what do you want to accomplish? Do you want to have this by the end of the year? Do you want the income from your purpose? or passion project to replace what you're making currently in a job that's not fulfilling you. Great. If that's the case, then you can reverse engineer it. Everyone's going to be a little bit different, but that one, let's say takes a little more planning, something like the gym that we've brought up a couple times now, you know, maybe that's a 90 day goal. So ultimately, you know, feeling again, sitting with yourself and being, okay, if I were to look at all these areas of my life, what feels off and you're so right with in terms of energy again i can't explain it yeah. i don't think we've even explained it you know in, in as a scientific community or anything but we know if we go up if we're walking down a dark alley we go or like wow something feels off we feel that energy again we mm -hmm. may not be able to explain it but we feel it and then there's certain people you meet and you're just really drawn to them we use words like well they have good vibes or good people like that's energy there's yeah. something about that person that you're feeling and so what if you know in both those examples ali doesn't feel good this person does feel good what if we just started listening to that even more but the more subtle ones the more subtle ones that are within of like hey jake like you really don't do this thing. You know that it's not the, okay, or do this thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it just listening to that more. You know, this is like, I think probably for me, like the most thing, the thing I'm most excited about in my life right now, it's actually like that internal listening to that thing. And I've noticed huge uh, changes in just my confidence because I'm like, even just having that sweaty, like I had one this morning yeah. uh, with Taylor and I, I was like, I like woke up with a headache. I I'd just been needing to say this and I feel like so free because I had that conversation and it was uncomfortable and my hands were sweating, yeah. not just because it's really <laughs> hot here in San Diego. Um, but I think you and I were chatting this weekend um, about like resistance and, and you have a podcast called the Do Great Things Podcast, which is amazing. We'll link that here. Thanks, Because um, I'd love to hear an example for you of like what's, you know, like I look at you and I think a lot of people look at you and it's... Um, you know, you're doing all these amazing things and you're a human being and who's going through all this. And I would love like if you are open to sharing like an example of where you've had this shift or you've been like, oh, I need to honor that little voice. And then it's maybe not gone the way that or it just was uncomfortable or maybe you just had to make a shift. Oh, yeah. I mean, I appreciate you asking. As I said at the beginning, there's no question that's off limits. You know, this year for me particularly has been extremely challenging. It, it has been not only the best year of my life, but also the most challenging. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by challenging is I, I decided at the beginning of this year that my theme was simplify. And I've shared that with you. I've shared that with a lot of people. I've kind of shared it publicly in mm -hmm. order to really declare it. And what I meant by simplify is I'm going to remove anything that is not the essential, that is not the highest leverage use of my time, my passions, my skills, all of that. And that's very challenging when there are things that I've put a lot of time and effort into and, and have built. And so here's the tangible example is we built up so many different things within Greatness Collective. And it used to be called Greatness Foundation. It's now Greatness Collective. And so there were so many moving pieces, mm -hmm. uh, including a social media team. I and mean, we grew that thing to a bunch of people or all these clients. And there were just so many moving things. I was juggling, juggling, juggling. And I needed to make the decision to let certain things go, mm -hmm. to let certain people go. 
which are not easy, which were extremely tough conversations. And sometimes, you know, like, well, why are you doing this? Because, you know, here's an entity that here's this thing that's making money. Here's this thing that's serving clients here. But internally, it just felt like, wait, this isn't what I'm really meant to do right mm -hmm. now. Maybe it's for someone else to do, you know, and I did it. I've had people tell me like, you're crazy for, you know, shutting down that part of your business or for letting that thing go. Or they go, wait, you've worked this long to build this and you're just letting it go. Yeah. And so is this part, if, if you're cool with me asking, yeah. is this part of the Instagram stuff? Because yeah. I know you were doing a lot of Instagram growth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and, you know, we've restructured the business in a way where it can still run and operate, but I don't, I'm not involved in day-to-day -day operations or anything. So, so I've kind of found creative ways to structure it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's, that's one example, I would say, in, in business. And s the simplification has happened across the board. The other example is, yeah, I moved from, you've been to my old house at Beacons, moved from this amazing house in Beacons to um, this new place that is is the epitome of simplification. And I've narrowed everything I own down. I've boiled it down to everything can fit inside two large Home Depot bins. That is awesome. Yeah. This is, the caveat is outside of books and clothes. Yeah. So, and I don't have a ton of clothes, you need, but. You can never stop yeah, buying books. books. <laughs> uh, and then with relationships, here's a, the super challenging one. You know, being a uh, a leader in the community, I, we've built up this amazing tribe of people, and be, just like I'm sure with you, people reach out and uh, and want to connect and get together. And, and no has been the most powerful word of my vocabulary this year because these are you know these are people I love and care about. But the reality is, I, I even boil down my relationships to um, spending really quality time and going really deep with very, very few people. Mm -hmm. And then we have these larger community events where I can come together and, and have, you know, get to meet everyone and, and connect with everyone and catch up and all that. But um, I just chose, this is again, it, it's a different phase of my life. Another time in my life, I would have loved nurturing all of these different relationships, hundreds or thousands of them or whatever it is. But now I've just chosen to go deep with a few of them. And that, you know, I can imagine it doesn't, <clears throat> doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm for the person on the other side of that in the moment. But what I've realized, you know, I look at um, friends of mine now too, who, you know, have, we were really, really close at one point, And now let's say they're really close with someone else and we don't spend the time that we used to. I remember my ego would get in the way at first to go, oh, like, what did I do wrong? This person doesn't like me. Um, is Do they like this other person better? And I had to let go of all that and just say, look, at different times in our life, people come in and like we cross paths with people, we go deep with certain people and, um, Again, it wasn't an easy thing to do to let some of those relationships go, but I did, you know, because people talk all the time about let go of toxic people in your life. Yeah, of course. Step one. Yeah. But then the things people don't talk about is also letting go of like, you know, not letting go, but it's okay to spend less time with great people if it's, if it's not in that chapter of your life. Gosh, I get like you had my brain was going off when you said that because I had so many things. And on one hand, I'm going through the exact same thing from the relationship side. And like, even with people I love, like my family lives in San Diego, and I even share with them, I'm like, I'm young and going through this phase and phase and like with love, I just want some time to figure out who I am because we would get dinner, you know, once every week or two or and I'm like, I just need some time. And, and now I'm like, I'm gonna tell these people who like love me. And Again, but on that side, I'm like, wow, I feel like I've honored myself. What I find super interesting too is that when we first connected, I remember reaching out to you 
I'm like just wanting to get coffee. I was like 19. I'm like, I just want to pick your brain. And you had all these things going on and you actually respectfully were like, it's not working at this time. And then what happened is I ended up buying a, um, going on one of your house builds and putting the money towards that, which probably would not have happened had you said yes to the coffee. So you saying no actually created the space for me to have an incredible life-changing experience, which actually brought us closer, which is so interesting because that stemmed from you honoring yourself. I love that. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And and for me, it, that it, there's a couple lessons in that. The first one is um, there's a shared values. When you know, for instance, when someone comes on a house bill, I'm like, oh, okay, these are this is my, my kind people. of my people. Yeah. And I've also learned not to take things personally. Also, when people are in uh, different phases of their life too. Right. Like I felt really, especially the people pleaser in me, the community builder in me wants to accommodate requests, wants to say yes to every single time people ask for coffee. But if I were to do coffee, it's like Elon. I, I always think of like, what would Elon yeah. do? Right. If Elon said yes to every single time people asked him to do coffee, he wouldn't get a thing done. Tesla wouldn't be what it is today. SpaceX wouldn't be what it is today if he said yes to all those requests. So, you know, <clears throat> the way I've chosen to structure it, and maybe someone can create something like this is, you know, we do these free monthly events mm -hmm. in San Diego. We have a free Facebook group. So anytime someone says, hey, let's get together, I just say, hey, come to this event. It'll be an awesome way for us to connect, mm -hmm. right? And then I still get to honor and create that space to to do what I feel like is really what I'm meant to do, as, as Cal Newport would say, the deep work. Like my deep work in, in building Greatness Collective and the Mastermind and everything is, has a very particular focus. My deep work is not getting coffee, you know, every 30 minutes for five days a week. That's mm -hmm. just as much as I would love to do that. It's just not what I'm here to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is super valuable for people on both sides, for the person who's looking to connect with someone who uh, might be busy with other projects. It's not taking it personally and understanding where that person is coming from and also having that trust of, okay, this person has honored themselves in saying, no, you can take it like not taking that personally, but you know, taking that for what it is and be like, okay, I'm going to do this instead and not beating yourself up about it. Cause I know I, especially with, with my book, I published it at, you know, right before my 20th birthday. And I, I showed up at Drew Brees house. I was like tr working super hard to get in and all these other people's houses. Like I ended up connecting with Jack Kent. So I had some Wait, great you showed wins. Up to Drew Brees Dude, I, this story Did is you? actually insane. I'll tell it super quick. Yeah. So I'm listening to a podcast from, from Lewis house. I'm like, I was going to the post office to mail a bunch of books out. And I knew where Drew Brees lived because a friend grew up by him. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to go to the post office first. But something was just, I hit the stop sign. I'm like, this is where I would go to left. And I went left and I went to Drew Brees like a block away. And I'm just sitting in my car. I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> and then I hear this quote. It was like Lewis Howell on his podcast. It was like, the best thing you can do is the right thing. The next best thing you can do is the wrong thing. The worst thing you can do is nothing. nothing. And then I just turned my ignition off. And I, and I had a book and a handwritten letter and all this stuff. And I just walk up to his house and I'm like, oh, there's a gate. Like, no shit. He's a Super Bowl <laughs> champion. And I kid you not, I walk up to the garage. It opens and he walks out. And I'm like, what up, Drew? Like, I had no idea if he was going to be home. Like, this was complete spur of the moment. And I just like went up to him and I was like, hey, I'm in Jake. I'm like super um, passionate about this book and message. I love what you've done with your foundation. Like, I, I wasn't even that into football, but he's done a lot of philanthropic stuff. And I'm like, I really want to get this book out. And I'm like, and he was like, awesome, congrats. And he like shook my hand. We talked for a minute and then I never heard from him again. But like, it was more that I went for it. Like I didn't even care, but yeah. I'm not taking it personally that Drew Brees like didn't 
write an endorsement or get back to me because I'm like, that dude is busy. But what I could do is honor that I went for it and be like, okay, he's got a million other projects and like, that's okay. Yeah. And I, I love that. I, I think there's this really important element. Awesome story, by the way. Isn't that crazy? I'm so, so cool that you went for it. Here's, you know, pretty publicly, I've, I've declared also that I want to sit at a table with Richard Branson, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, and Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. And here's the important note, the thing that, uh, you know, I, I should probably share even more when I, when I, when I talk about that. By the way, 11-11. Oh, stop, breathe, be grateful. Yeah. That goes off every single day. Dude, I That's love my, that. If there's one tip for anyone, it is uh, go on your phone, set an alarm for 11-11. And 3-33. And if you want to do 3 whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. But then you can change the title of the alarm. So the, cha- the title of that alarm that shows up on my screen every day is stop, breathe, and be grateful. So, I love that, man. It's a good moment to just... Yeah. <sighs> feel on that. So, um, so sitting at the table with those four... Mm-hmm. I don't want to be at the table with them looking around going, why, why is he here? Right. Mm. I want them to be asking, why isn't Mike here? Right. I want to be at that table because I'm adding so much value to their lives and that conversation. And that's really important because it's kind of like the relationship thing. You know, people are writing down, this is a great exercise. Write down everything that you're looking for in a significant other, in a partner, you know, boom, 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 boom. And then go back through that list and circle every one of those things that you are. And so for me, when I think about sitting at the table with them, who is, who is the type of person that I want to be to be at that table? How can I bring so much value into the world in their lives that they want me there? And what I've realized, like right now with what I'm building, yeah, I could have a seat at that table, but, but I know what I'm working towards. There's kind of this, there's more to develop. There's more to create. There's more to do until I feel like I'm almost ready to be at that table, you know, and there's always conflicting feedback about, you know, go before you're ready and all this. Yeah. And those, I don't like black and white statements like that because yeah. they apply to very different situations. 100%. Yeah, of course, done is better than perfect. And in general, it's a good idea to go forward and iterate and everything. But, but there's also an element of being patient. You know, even as much as Gary V hustles and he says, you know, be patient. These things take time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at 19 years old, you may not be at a point in your life where you're going to add so much value to Drew Brees' life that he's going to want to return because that's how people are, you know, are you going to add value? But, you know, who knows? Let's say with what you're creating now, you've worked on yourself, you've been part of this company. And let's say all of a sudden you reach out to him and go, oh, Drew, I actually feel like I'd love to get you a, a, TED, a TED talk. talk yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden you guys become buddies and you're sitting down having dinner one day and you realize, you know what? Oh, I wasn't meant to have him in my life at 19 years old, but at 20 something I am. And so I'm okay with being patient, knowing that there are certain people that are meant to be in our lives, kind of like, you know, you went on the house build and now we've developed this friendship where we just get to surf and see each other all the time. But it's, um, it's not transactional. You know, Mm -hmm. I think so many, it, it comes back to the very first thing we talked about, about life being easy. Things are so easy nowadays. People feel like, you know, I can just send someone a message. I'm going to get in their life right away. And they're just going to, you know, drop everything to accommodate my request and, you know, pick their brain and give, you know, this person's going to give me everything. 
But the reality is, you know, are you taking the time? Are you patient? Like with me, I'm long on everything that I do. What I mean by that is like, my relationships that I, like I develop deep, I, I, I invest deeply into those relationships. I don't start business ventures unless they have at least five year, usually a 10, 20 or 50 year plan. Like Greatness Collective is a 50 year play for me. Wow. Like these, I, I'm not short on any of these things. So it's, a, I'm okay being patient with relationships and letting those things form, knowing it's part of the bigger picture. I love that, man. And I think what I, part of the thing that I took from that is the feedback is when you get told no, or I think, cause you have the self-awareness to know that you're not at that point that you feel ready to be at that table with, with Bill, Bill Gates and, and all those people. And that's just feedback. Like if you did go for it and then, but we're told no, it's, up to us whether we want to be all, you know, butthurt about it and get really sad. Or we could be like, okay, sweet. What do I get to learn? What what can I improve from this experience? Oh, like I'm not ready. Like what ways can I shift? Because I think we are facing that on almost like a day-to-day, whether it, you know, it could be a big lofty thing like meeting Drew Brees or whatever, or it could be something small like I really want to go on a date with this girl, mm-hmm. but okay, we're not vibing and then maybe there's just no energy, but maybe it's like, oh, like am I coming from this place of like, lack or like I'm writing all these things. It's funny. Yeah. I, I realized this too with a girl I was dating where I wanted her to be more of something. And then I realized, oh, I want that in myself and I'm expecting her <laughs> to give that to me. And I was yeah. like, oh, well, that's a good lesson to learn. Yeah. You know, but it's like that feedback and not, for me, it's just not trying to take it personally. Like you've, I'm sure you've read four agreements. Yeah. That one for me, it's just over and over. Don't make assumptions and don't take things personally because it's all just feedback. It's neutral. And if you can take it with like that long-term approach of like, how can I grow from this? It's going to move you towards your North Star. Yeah. And to, you know, without sounding too woo-woo, because we hear this all the time, but but I really trust as long as we're listening to the inner guidance system, we're following that blueprint. And again, the, the simplest way to follow that blueprint is just get quiet, close your eyes, feel you know, what do I need to be doing more of? What mm-hmm. do I need to be doing less of? Do I need to exercise more? Do I need to drink more water? Do I need to be reaching out more? Or do I need, you know, what do I need to do less of? I, let's remove the toxic relationships. Let's let's remove the, the pointless uh, social media scrolls or the pointless email checks or the, you know, false sense of productivity and checking things off. Let me focus on the things that matter most. And I think that if we do that consistently, here's the woo-woo part. I do believe, you know, everything is always working out for us. I think in the grand scheme of things, like I think if you're meant to connect with Drew Brees, at some point you will without mm-hmm. needing to force it. You know, if I'm meant to be sitting at the table with those four that I talked about, I'll be there. And I really just feel deeply that, yes, I'm going to be there because of the value that I'm bringing, you know, to the world and their lives and everything. So there's, uh, it takes a little bit of the pressure off because the Taking something personally is I had this expectation and it didn't meet my expectation. In fact, you know, in terms of someone said something that, you know, it didn't make me feel good. Like, and I take that personally, it's because, well, I, I wanted them to say something different. And we do that in life too, right? We get disappointed when we have an expectation and then we fall short of that. We go, mm-hmm. oh, I thought life was going to be this way, but it's not, it's this way. So if we just drop all of that of like having everything be entirely neutral, and then just trusting, like just trust, 
to trust the process, like mm-hmm. trust that it's all going to work out exactly how it needs to. Um, that's what's really kept me going through even some of the biggest challenges. I trust. I'm like, yeah, this sucks right now. And I know on the other side of it, it's going to be so much better. Yeah. Yeah. That word trust is definitely, especially in the, in the business game, I think too, because it's pulling from the micro and macro of you're doing everything in the day to day. But I love how you said you have this bigger vision and it's like, okay, what's realistically what's happening in this moment isn't necessarily going to define the next 50 years. So just trusting that everything's going to piece together. Yeah. Um, so I would love to give a little context uh, for people who don't know about the greatness collective. It feels like in my world, everyone knows about what the greatness collective is. Um, but maybe you could just give a little bit of context about what it is. And then after that, I think it's just really, it's inspiring because someone can look at you and I look at him like, wow, how did you start this thing? And just for someone else who, who wants to start something like what's like the best first mm-hmm. place to do that. Yeah. So greatness collective is, is a community first. That's, that's really it. And it, it's tied to the origin story. It's it, the reason that it started is because I was invited on a house build six and a half, almost seven years ago. And it changed my life in such a short time. We made such a big difference. And when I came back, all I wanted was a community of people who shared the same values, right? I had a community in the Marines it was that shared a certain set of values. I had a community being in a fraternity at San Diego state. That was a certain community, but I didn't have a community of people that shared the values of wanting to make a difference and giving back. And I looked for it. I came back and I was looking at all these different communities. There are great ones out there. Don't get Mm -hmm. me wrong. And I'm part of a lot of them, but there isn't one that I had found that at its core was about impact and contribution that at its core Every member realized that life wasn't about collecting a bunch of things. It wasn't about what they had, but it was more about what they give. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, this community starts building. Community starts building. We start coming and doing more house builds. We end up going to Nicaragua and helping open a school. We do trips to Kenya. We So all these things started to build. But we kind of approach business backwards because we built the community first, while mm-hmm. people usually build a product or an offer first and then build a community around it. So we built this community first and then asked them, well, what do you guys want? So that's first and foremost, it's a community and we have a ton of free resources for people to be part of, whether it's a free event they come to in San Diego or one of the other cities, whether it's the free Facebook group we have, whether, you know, we do free stuff, all the free content, all of that. The only thing that we actually offer or sell, the only way people can get involved on a bigger level is to do either our six or 12 month mastermind programs. It's that simple. So it's like, do all the free stuff. Great. If you see the value in having the support, the accountability in the community, do one of the mastermind programs. And we don't do 30 days. We don't do 60 days because I believe like, again, I'm long on everything. Yeah. The people who do our mastermind programs, we become family because we're helping support each other through everything that we're going through. And then the way is someone knows if they're a fit for it is, you know, we, we say, we're the community for social entrepreneurs and purpose-driven leaders. If someone is a purpose-driven leader or aspiring to be that way, where they're, you know, they want to make a difference and they're either leading an organization, they're leading a community, or they, they're in the process of building it, that's what it's for. And we just go deep. We go deep with life, business, and impact. We talk about, you know, some of the things we talked about today, like the challenges we're having, maybe, you know, challenges with kids, challenges with a significant other, challenges with our health. Talk about business and we have a ton of resources business-wise, right? So people are just growing, people are scaling, people are, you know, starting a new venture and then impact. How are we contributing? So 
we're really there as, as a community. We're there for support and accountability. And at the end of the day, I just want everyone to feel like they have the resources that they need to go out and do great things in the world. That's the that's kind of our tagline is do great things. Yep. You'll see that all over NCU. <laughs> yeah. And County. hopefully, yeah. And hopefully beyond. In the too. world very, very soon. Yeah. Yeah. And for someone who has that spark, and like I, I read about this, but I'd love to hear it from your words, is – Okay, someone's like, I want to start this community or I want to start taking people on house builds. Like, how does that start? By doing it. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, really, and, and by the way, that's the goal. Yeah. I, I tell everyone you've yeah. been on the do house builds. Yeah, things. like yeah. go out and do it. So, okay, my mentor is John Asaroff, who's uh, just actually got to spend the afternoon with him a couple of days ago went for a beach walk. And I remember the, the very first time we sat down together years ago. So John is in the film, The Secret. And mm -hmm. obviously the whole idea, uh, the, you know, the, the secret boiled down is the law of attraction. And the first video we ever did together, we, we titled it, Why the Secret Hurt More People Than It Helped. And what he meant by that, why did the secret hurt more people than it helped? He says, well, it talks about the law of attraction, but it doesn't talk about the law of action. He calls mm -hmm. it the law of Goya. Goya. I yeah. have seen this video. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, and we talked about that, you know, that's why it's do great. It is important to have the internal work. It's important to have the mental game and the mindset, but you got to go out and do it and just do it. And so for me, Greatness Collective started because I came back, didn't see a community. And so I started forming one and I invited people on house builds with us. And the first few house builds, I had to pay out of pocket for them, right? At this point now, we fill them up a year in advance and they're sold out. But, but when I first started, man, you got it. Like I believed in this thing so much that I was willing to put in my own time, money, resources, all of this to get it going. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it can be super simple. Like how, you know, what's the, what's the fastest path to doing that? Maybe you host a, weekly meet up at your house that's free and i tell them it's potluck everyone can do that it doesn't matter if you, if you have a tiny studio apartment great invite six people over every friday or once a month or whatever and just say you know what we're going to come together and talk about life or business you know or impact or or a certain topic so every single person can do it you don't need this big huge grand scheme you don't need all this money you don't need it just invite people that you want to have conversations with and let it grow from there if they want to do a community. But yeah, it all boils down to like, just, just do it. Start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I think there's an, a really important point where you said of you actually funded it in the beginning. And it doesn't mean that not everyone, it's going to be a different situation for them, but it's easy to look at it now and be like, Whoa, these things are sold out. There's like, you know, 50, hundred, 200 people coming to your events. But in the beginning, you literally fronted the money and the resources. And like, it wasn't, you know, everyone was just jumping at it right away. And I think that's like the most, at least for me, I love hearing that because I'm on social media. I'm like, this person is doing amazing things, but you forget how they started in that they had to bring that energy and go above and beyond first in order to create that, that kind of like attraction where other people are like, whoa, this is happening. And then they get involved. Yeah. And this, again, it comes back to what we talked about at the very beginning. People want, everyone wants easy, easy. And like, I, I just believe we're going to be, if, if you've got a big vision, you're going to be tested. Like, do you really want this thing? Are you willing to, to, you know, to see it out even when it becomes challenging? But no, every, people think I'm going to put up one Facebook post. I'm going to fill up this event that I'm running or this retreat that I'm doing or this workshop. That's not how life works. And that's why I'm long on everything. Like do the things that you want to do for the rest of your life. You know, start the things that you want to work on for the rest of your life. My buddy, um, Dr. Jeremy Goldberg put it 
in such a great way. I always have to give him credit for this. He says, look, Mike, you're going to suffer in life one way or another. And what he meant by suffering is you're going to dedicate your time to something, right? Like every single day we wake up and we've got roughly 16 hours to, to do something, right? Some of us choose to work for someone else or work for a company. Great. Some of us choose to be entrepreneurs. Some, whatever we do, we're, we're choosing how we spend that time. And we're, we're going to encounter challenges one way or another, right? Whether you're running your own business, whether you're an employee, what, what, with anything you're doing, you're going to experience challenges. He goes, if you're going to suffer, suffer towards in a direction that's meaningful to you. Like the 16 hours, you may as well dedicate those 16 hours every day towards something that actually matters to you as opposed to something that doesn't. Yeah. So that comes back to that inner guidance world of are you doing something every single day that's meaningful to you? Like, look at you creating this. You listen to yourself. You're part of a really great thriving organization right now, helping people land TEDx talks. Awesome. And then you go, wait, there's this part of me that's not quite fulfilled where I'm exploring curiosity and having conversations. And, you know, and so you just did it. And you told me right before we started this, you know, I'm committing X amount of time a week to, to doing this thing because I feel like it's this little missing piece. I, I felt that for me, when I went on the house build, I went mm -hmm. on the house build and realized, wow, that's what was missing. Hmm. I knew something was a little off, but as soon as I went on a house build and, you know, all of a sudden took a family off of dirt and into a home, I go, that's what's missing, the contribution, the impact piece. So all of us, if that's if that feeling is there's something missing, great. Don't feel bad about that. I call it divine discomfort. Yeah. Like, listen to it. Awesome. Something feels off. Explore it. What, what is off? What needs to change? And then actually do something about that change. Yeah, I love the word divine discomfort. And I think that that frame is so powerful because if you really embody the discomfort and understand that's coming from a divine place of this is actually guiding to the right place. If I choose to listen to it and do something with it, then it creates things that we can't even imagine. It, like it's infinite, you know. Imagine if you didn't have that feeling. Imagine if everything was, you were just 100% okay with living a mediocre life. Like that's, that's sad to me. I mean, imagine if you were actually okay waking up every day, opening a bag of Cheetos, drinking and, and sitting in front of the TV. Mm -hmm. And that's all you did. And and no, no part of you wanted to be better. No part of you wanted to change your lifestyle a little bit. And you were like, no, this is great. Life is amazing. And you're Cheetos and beer, Cheetos and beer yeah. and TV. And that to me is so, the thought of that is so sad. And again, I don't think anyone actually has that. Feel. I think even the person that is living something close to that lifestyle feels somewhere inside. They're going, wait a second, like something needs to change, right? Yeah. So I'm glad the divine discomfort exists. Like you said, it's that relationship with cool, something feels off. Great. Good for you. Now, what is that thing? And how can you do something about it? Mm -hmm. And I love the idea of picking the thing that's meaningful to you and then dedicating yourself to that because I'm going through this phase, like our business is growing a ton and we're shifting things and I'm feeling pressure. And I have this pattern that I'm really working on switch switching where like whenever there's like new responsibility or growth i or like something unknown which for me every day is like every week there's a new i'm expanding into like i feel like i have a machete and i'm going <laughs> into the forest yeah. like this is really what it feels like and i have this like uh, like that's like the feeling but i'm trying to get like shift that into yay like something new and that also understanding i consciously chose this like that's been the big thing for me i chose this i wanted this it just I didn't know it would look like this, but this is the feeling. If I didn't have this challenge and and these and it was all easy, I'd be bored out of my mind. I'd be eating Cheetos on the couch. And I think that 
I think anyone in that entrepreneurial world or whatever you're doing, moving towards that North Stars understanding, it's not supposed to be easy. And if it was, we'd be bored out of our mind. And it's about having the meaningful thing, which gives us purpose as we navigate these challenges getting there. Yeah. And this is where I think gratitude is such an important component uh, of life in general. It's not just some abstract concept. It's not just something we talk, you know, people talk about. It's a very real thing because... You know, let's say you're dealing with these growing pains of building a business. Great. If you come back to gratitude, which I'm sure you do, and you go, wait a second, I'm so grateful to, first of all, have my health, right? I'm grateful to have a mind that can, I'm grateful to be part of an organization that's growing. Yeah. I, instead of like, I'm so stuck in the weeds and I'm macheting, like, yeah, that's the feeling in that day to day. But then all of a sudden you zoom out and you're looking at this thing, you go, oh, wow, at least the thing we're macheting and the, the path we're carving, when I look at the direction we're going, wow, I see what this thing's capable of. I see the lives we're going to impact. I see what we're going to do. And then it makes the day to day not this thing that you dread, but you almost look forward to because you're seeing the bigger picture because you're grateful for where you're going because you're excited about what you're ultimately creating. That's why I think it's important to, you know, do something meaningful and not just something for the sake of something. Yeah. And you have a, do you have a daily gratitude practice? Oh yeah. Yeah. Every day, B-A-G. I always ask what's in my bag and blessings, affirmations, and goals. So blessings, three things I'm grateful for, whether I'm writing it down or I'm actually saying it out loud. I'm so, I find myself recently because I've kind of trained this part. We have the RAS, the reticular activating system that won't go into that, but it, we have a part a of our brain. Huge yeah, on that. You, yeah, get, yeah. you get that stuff. It, it recognizes patterns and we can actually train ourselves like a muscle to be more grateful. So I find myself as I'm driving, I'll actually say out loud, like I talk to myself. Yes, I talk to myself. Heck, I will yeah, say I am so grateful right now i am so grateful i like and if we've hung out together you probably know if we're surfing i'm like i am so grateful right now and i'm not say, just saying those things i'm yeah. feeling them and the more that i'm doing that the more things show up in my life to be grateful for so yeah every morning be blessings affirmations i am statements how do i want to show up today even if i haven't been following through with commitments or let's say i'm behind today i want to show up productive i want to show up effective i want to show up high integrity i am statements and then g what are the actual goals what's the most important thing for me to do that day not the thing the little things that feel good to check off but what's the most important thing for me to do interesting that's where it's like that essentialism and that simplicity for you and then because gratitude is such a value for you that's like you know how you're starting your day it's the core of everything that i do and every- i and i love that it's what you said of like because i think gratitude at least in the world that we live, it's like a buzzword or it's like gratitude, gratitude. And like you're actually embodying it. And something that I, something that's been a shift for me because I'm like, there's for sure been mornings where I'll write my gratitude. And I'm like, was I honestly feeling it? No, if I'm real with myself. Yeah. But through reading, uh, I've been getting into Joe Dispenza's work a lot. And he's like, do not get up from your meditation until you feel the gratitude or else it just doesn't do anything. And I think that's been a shift for me because in the weeds, it's, I'm like, okay, just be grateful. But that's not enough for me. If mm-hmm. I just say be grateful, I have to actually like relax my body and be like, wow, like really slow down. Yeah. 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 And it's, you know, everyone has a different practice. I'm not, uh, everyone has a different way of doing it. I like that idea of, you know, really sitting until you feel it. Um, you know, some people may experience it in different ways, but yeah, it's the, it's everything. Like, mm-hmm. grat- you know, people, when people ask how I'm doing, 
we can go into the details of, yeah, maybe like this particular experience is challenging or whatever, but, but the high level is always like life is great. And I really mean that. I don't just say life, like yeah. life is really great. If I really think about all the things that uh, I'm blessed with, that, that we're blessed with, regardless of what our situations are. If you're listening to a podcast right now, it means that you have access to resources that the majority of the world doesn't have. And you have a phone that you're probably listening to the podcast thing on. You have headphones and you have a healthy mind that can understand the words that we're saying and make sense of it and, and maybe even take action in your life in some way. So there's always so much to be grateful for. That's such, that's high level that I think that makes life great that when we zoom in, it kind of makes all little things okay, mm-hmm. totally. especially the ones that suck. Yeah. And speaking of gratitude and the moments, what is something What's like a challenge that you're facing right now, whether it's personally or professionally? You know, this with simplifying, I, I would say I'm 99% of the way there. And uh, there's, there are a few last things that, that I've, that have been built up over time that need to be kind of let go of. Um, it, it's kind of the example of, you know, I moved also, as I mentioned earlier, and those Home Depot bins, it's, it's funny because there's this translation from the physical thing to, you know, from physical to in business too. I have the bin sitting there and it's got all these little things in there, um, that I decided to keep. And it's, I haven't unpacked that. And so with the, with this Home Depot, I have to, the last little bit, like I've done the move, I've done all the big things. And then there's these little things to finish. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with, um, with business. There are little things that were started that need to kind of like be addressed, put away and done mm-hmm. where I can really focus on going deep with what we're doing in terms of community building and mastermind. Yeah. That final part, the final little tweaks. And I've always wondered, like, what are you scared of? If there's something that, that scares you. Yeah, I'd say the closest thing um, is not doing what I'm here to do. That being cut short in some way. I am. I have a very healthy relationship with mortality. Mm-hmm. I do know that I'm going to die. I mean, we. I hope everyone realizes that. If if not, spoiler alert. You're yeah. Gonna die. <laughs> Uh, I do, you know, I recently gave a talk actually you were at, and I said, there's five very powerful words that truer words have never been spoken, but they're probably not the words that you want to hear. And that is you are going to die. Mm -hmm. So I, I've embraced that and, you know, I hope it's not soon, but if it is, that's, that's how it's meant to play out. And the, the fear is that I know what I'm capable of. In this lifetime, I know the kind of person I can become. I know the types of things I can do. I know the types of ways that I want to give. And it would just be kind of a bummer to not have done and become and given those things that I'm here to give. You know, I think it was um, Les Brown that said that the the richest place in the world is the graveyard. Because he says in the graveyard, you know, are the songs that were never sung, the the businesses that were never created, the the books that were never written, because someone was afraid to take the first step. For me, it's not the fear of the first step, but but I do think there's truth there that you know if life is cut short, you're not able to do all the things that that you're meant to do. So 
it's it's somewhat of an irrational fear mm-hmm. because I know that the day is coming and I know that it's somewhat beyond, you know, I can control it the best that I can while still living life. But uh, yeah, that's, that's a fear. Mm-hmm. And with that, of course, under that umbrella is, you know, I have an amazing son who's 14 now and we're every year has just it led to these different uh, relations, different aspects of our relationship. And at this point, you, you know, him now he's this like giant six, two, and we're just, you know, we're becoming more friends mm-hmm. now than me being his dad. And yeah, the thought of him, you know, having the rest of his life without me scares me too. But that's mm-hmm. the same kind of thing because in terms of who I want to be and what I want to do, I want to be the best possible parent I can be. I want to, what do I want to do? I want to continue to provide him with the best possible experiences and not being able to do that really work. Like it scares me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And yeah, Holden is uh, an amazing young man. <laughs> He's funny. And something I've always wanted to ask you is because you had Holden at 22, right? 20. At 20. And I think it's like, it's pretty inspiring for me to see like the man that Holden's become or he's becoming, but he's already a man in my eyes and the values that, you know, have been instilled in in him. And you're still doing like, how did you navigate that? Because I mean, I'm 22 and like, I'm like, wow, that would, I don't even know how I would navigate that experience in my life. Yeah. It's, uh, it was extremely scary extremely challenging holly who you also know is holden's mom and i met when we were 18 in the marines we had holden at 20 and we separated at 22 so we were together for four years and at the separation it was one of the hardest times of my life because making the choice to go different ways romantically there was you know there's this fear of embarrassment uh, of friends. There was a fear of shame, uh, with family. Um, there was a fear of, I'm not good enough because, uh, I'm not a good dad to him because, you know, parents stay together. That's what they do. And so I felt like I was kind of, uh, you know, letting him down. There were so many elements that, that I was coming up against, um, when choosing to, to go separate ways in that relationship. But obviously now, you know, it all makes sense. As you see, like we, we live close to each other. We still, we co-parent, we've been co-parenting for 12 years. And I will say it's just gotten a lot easier mm-hmm. um, because we've learned how to do it and we've kept lines of communication open. But um, it's, yeah, I've heard before that people are never really ready to be parents. You just yeah. kind of, you figure it out. And it is really strange how you just kind of figure it out. I, It's, um, I just thought of this now, so I hope this analogy works, but I, I don't want to um, make it seem like, let's say, uh, you know, something crazy happens and you lose a foot or a leg. Like that is your situation now and you're going to learn to adapt to mm-hmm. that, right? Whether you're using crutches or, uh, you know, any type of prosthetic, like, and and then your daily life changes a little bit. So you may not be able to do the same kinds of things you always did, whether maybe let's say you want to go scuba diving and you, you can't quite do it the same way or something. You know, again, I'm thinking of this off the top of my head, but, but you just adjust your life based on your situation. And so I don't want to relate having a child to, you know, losing a leg or a foot, but, but you get what's happening. It's Uh just, here's your situation. So now you have a child and you find the way to adjust and and do everything you can 
And then you start to realize, like most people, I, I bet you would talk to people, you know, and I have friends from the Marines that have lost arms and legs and limbs and they, they wouldn't take it back. They say it's absolutely shaped who I am today, uh-huh. that experience. They, they, they wouldn't take it back for the world. And that's exactly how I feel about my son is because I look back and go, oh, like the things I've learned, the man I am today because of him, because of who he's, without even telling me, but because of who he's helped, you know, kind of forced me to become as a man and as a parent and, and all of it, there, it's invaluable. It's, it's the best possible experience that I can imagine for me. You know, people ask me all the time, should I have kids? Should I not? What do you think? I'm at this age. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm this. It's going to be different for everyone. Mm -hmm. For me, I was clearly meant to be a dad and I was meant to be a dad to hold it. And I was meant to be a dad to him so I can um, provide him with the experiences to learn what I'm here to learn. Um, You know, it's been, it's been a huge blessing. Yeah. But I think, you know, people, you figure it out. This is your situation and you find a way to make it work. Yeah. I love that because it's. And the way I'm saying, cause like, I don't have a kid, but it's, I think it's what I take from that is like, and you seem to do this in, in everything you do, kind of like the, how you do anything is okay. Here's the situation I'm in. I'm going to do the very best in it and not, um, look at all the other things that could be, but just focus on what is in front of me, which is make sense of why you have gratitude, like down to this, like, um, automatic habit that your body just like is in that state. Cause you've trained yourself to, to focus on the situation at hand. It's so funny you said, like, if, if there's one theme, like, if there's one lesson that I could say, like, you know, if I was to write down one lesson that I could share for the rest of my life, that was my life's message to the entire world. If anyone that's listening, anyone that's re- any in any aspect of my life, it would be with where you are right now, just do what you can. And I know it's easy to fall into the trap. Well, it, this could have happened or this may happen. And you know, you, like you said, looking left and right mm-hmm. and all these other situations of, well, well, what if this, what if that, what if, like, here's reality. And I forgot, I think it's Wayne Dyer that says, uh, you could try to argue with reality. You'll just lose a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> yeah. So, so here is the reality, like, just like in your business, this is the reality today, right? Or having a child. Oh, I'm having a child. This is your reality today. Or, Hey, you're, you're broke. And you have two cents left in your bank account. Oh, why did I get here? Oh, what am I? No, no, no. You're here. You have two cents in your bank account. What do you need to do now? Go figure it out. So like it just acknowledged, like stop arguing with reality and say, this is where I am right now. And then where do I want to go and how am I going to get there? But like stop BSing yourself. And the people, you know, this, like for instance, if someone's in debt, and they're like not looking at their bank account because they're too scared. I, I was just listening to Ramit Sethi on uh, Tom Bilyeu's. So good. And he talks about 90% of the people that are massively in debt never look at their account. He says, how do you know what to do if you don't even know how much debt you have? So because people people would rather not look at it. That's the whole inaction thing, right? You yeah. said the, the best thing you can do is the right the thing. thing. The Next then the best word, is the wrong, the wrong thing. thing. And then nothing. Yeah. And what you're doing is like nothing. And so it's just going to keep getting worse. So like it's okay wherever you are. Just confront reality. Be 100% honest with yourself. Like if you look in the mirror and you're not happy, that's fine. Look, I'm not, you know, for someone to say, I'm not happy with how I look right now. And here's what I'm going to do about it. Or if you look at your bank account, I'm not happy because I know I'm capable of more. If you look at yourself as a parent, I'm not content. That's the divine discomfort of how I'm being as a parent. Great. But just be honest with yourself about that and then figure out what to do and move forward. Like, this is your reality. Go do something about it. The honesty of looking at the situation, because like 
even this is a perfect example. I was really anxious, anxious on Tuesday and I woke up yesterday and I did my morning routine. I'm like, what? Cause we're ex- like, we're experiencing these beautiful growing pains and we're shifting something. But it was when I finally looked at the situation, I was like, okay, this is what's happening. And then we made a shift. The second I'm like, okay, like I acknowledge that it was happening, the clarity. And then the next hour and a half, I got everything done that needed to happen. But it was just me resisting, like looking at this, this kind of crux point. I mean, like, okay. But when I faced it, I felt this whole relief because it was like this radical acceptance. This is what's happening. Okay. Now that I accept that, I can move forward. Yeah. This is what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, get over Like, get over it. You don't like it? Fine. Get over it. It's happening. Too bad. Mm-hmm. Now, what are you going to do? That's always what I'm interested in. Like, anytime I sit down with someone, you know, if, if someone says, hey, I want to grab coffee, and they're telling me all this long backstory and this and this and why they can't or what, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, cut that part out. Cut out the past. Cut out the future. Tell me where you are right now. Tell me where you want to go and tell me what you're going to do to get there. That's all I care about. It's that simple. Like yeah. cut out all the other BS, all the other stories and stuff you're telling yourself. Accept reality right now. Where do you want to go? How are you going to get there? Simple. That's, that's my simple, simplicity. That's, that's my simplicity. simplicity. Yeah. That's like really even the theme is simplicity, integrity, and gratitude. Yeah. Um, so if people are interested in getting involved with the Greatness Collective, they want to go on a build, they want to go to events, they want to learn more about you and everything Greatness Collective related, where where can people find you? Yeah. Go to my website, mikesherbakov.com. It's on there, or just if they Google Greatness Collective or Greatness Collective, greatnesscollective.com. It's all on there. All our all of our events, the masterminds, the house builds that we do. Which uh, again, if someone wants to do them, just make sure you sign up early. Right now, we're filling up uh, nine months in advance. I think. So. Wow, and I can uh, attest, and we'll link all that in the show notes. That going on the house build was one of the best decisions I've ever made. One from just physically in two days seeing this blank slate where a family is living on the dirt next to it to this full house and like being a part of that process like physically is unbelievable. And also for me, another benefit was the community. Like I have amazing friends from being a part of it. So thank you for creating that uh, everything you're doing with the Greatness Collective. Thanks, brother. Yeah. And so to take it home, uh, what are you most excited about right now? I'm excited about what the result of simplification is you get i can't really explain why other than my inner guidance system told me mike it's time to simplify at the beginning you know end of last year beginning of this year and already i'm seeing what's being created the kinds of things that are happening the kinds of ideas now that i have time for i call it white space in my mind white space in my calendar like things are opening up and I have, I actually have no idea what it's going to look like, but there's this really strong, like this strong, excited feeling in my body that's kind of like just waiting. And it's like, oh, you just wait. Like, you know, like there's something so beautiful about simplifying that it's leading to something. I don't know what it's going to look like, but it feels really effing good. Heck yeah. Well, I'm stoked to, I'm stoked to follow the journey and see like what comes of all this. Thanks, brother. Sweet. Well, thank you for today, dude. That was super fun. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you found value from this episode and want to make sure you're notified when new episodes are released, please subscribe to the show Curious with Jake Heilbrunn on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you're tuning in. And if you feel called, please leave a review on iTunes. That would be super appreciated and it allows for others to help find the show. 
Lastly, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the show and what you found valuable, your takeaways, and what you found interesting. So please let me know on Instagram at Jake Heilbrunn or wherever you feel called to connect. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you on the next episode. Stay curious.